boy. <laughs> we got promises of that already, right? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And amen. Get in our Bible study tonight. Amen. All right. So we're talking about something better every month. So last month, what do we talk about? A better way. Amen. Amen. So there's always a better way. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. He's the better way. And we find that once we start walking through the knowledge of God, we get into the good old way, the good path, and we see that things start getting better and better and better. Amen. As we approach that pearly gates, as we get closer and closer to the coming of the Lord. Amen. Things just seem to get better. As the Lord said in Jeremiah 6, 16, stand ye and see and ask, where's the old paths? Where's the good way? And walk therein and you shall find rest for your soul. See, God wants us to be at rest because he's the rest. On the seventh day, he rests. As he told the, the religious leader, the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of the rest. So he will give us rest. Amen. With stammering lips in another tongue will I speak to my people. Wherefore, he said, this is the rest that will call the weary the rest. And this is the refreshing. But they would not hear Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. So God wants us to be at rest. He wants us to be in the right way. Amen. The, the true way. Amen. And we want to walk in that way forever because it's always good in the way. To know that you're in the way. Amen. So tonight we want to start out with talking about a better substance. A better substance. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34. Hebrews 10, 34. Amen. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds, Paul writes. Some include uh, Hebrews as Paul write in Hebrews because a lot of the uh, things in the way it's written, it attributes to usually his writing. So some... In your Bibles, it might says the apostle of Paul to the Hebrews, you know. So, so we'll, we'll stick with that, you know. For we had compassion of me in my bonds and took joy for the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and endured substance. Amen. Now notice that you have in heaven a better and endured substance. Don't forget that. Amen. Substance is defined as the fundamental characteristic part or quality. The most important or essential part of something, the real or essential meaning. The real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and which has a tangible solid presence. The writer of Hebrews lets us know that even though we may lose our earthly properties or possessions, we have a better substance in heaven which fadeth not away. First Peter Chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. We have a better home. And Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. We have a better home. We have a better city where God is not ashamed to be called our God. Hebrews eleven sixteen. Therefore, Jesus tells us, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, 
there will your heart be also. Amen. In Matthew 16, 19 through 21. And we know Solomon tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. If you're planning on going to heaven, then you should be doing everything to lay up treasures in heaven. So that's where your heart will be. Because you're going to follow your heart. Amen. So you want to lay up things in heaven. Praise God. The substance we have here on earth will decay, will rot, will rust, and people will break in and steal. But those we put in heaven will endure forever. We have an endured substance in heaven that will never end, nor will it lose its value. God himself and everything in heaven is our portion that awaits for us, according to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 24. Jesus is that same yesterday, today, and forever. According to Hebrews 13 and 8 and Matthew 24, 35, Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. And we know in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word isn't going anywhere. We got to endure substance in heaven, amen. In Psalms 145, verse 13, amen, we have and partaken of an everlasting kingdom, amen. And we've seen this a few weeks, uh, months ago when we was talking about a better priesthood, amen. We got a better priesthood, we, that means we got a better kingdom. So during this lesson, we're going to look at a better substance, an enduring substance, Knowing that you have in heaven a better than endured substance, Hebrews 10:34, better than any earthly possession. It is an everlasting, continual, durable, stable, and more permanent than anything on the earth. But we have, as the writer says here, no continual city, but we seek for a city. In the book of Hebrews 11, when it starts talking about the faith chapter, it says, Abraham sojourning the land of promise, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. For they looked for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. When God gave them the promise, they start looking for it. They embrace the things that God says, the word of God. We have to embrace God's promises to us and we have to cling to it. Because if we're going to get it, we got to purpose to get it. Amen. And so we've got better substance in heaven. And so we're going to a better place. We're going to a better city where the Lamb is the light. Where there be no more night. I got a mansion over there and I'm free from toil and care. I'm going to the city where the Lamb is the light. See, you've got something better. The Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, I have not seen and ear have not heard and neither have it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for them that love us, but he's revealed them to us by his spirit. See, we should know what is out there as waiting for us. If Jesus is all in all, then we know if we're going to be with him, everything we have need of is there. Amen. Lay not up treasures here on this earth. Now, the writer in Jesus is never saying that the things that you have here is not of value and not of importance. He just says, don't put your stake in it here. See, 
You want to put your stakes and treasures where your final resting place is going to be. Amen. We're going to be with Him. We're going to live with Him. Amen. There's something worth a whole lot more. Now think about what you want that you haven't seen yet. It's out there. God has it. You have not. Because He has not. Amen. So we have a better and enduring substance. It's continual. It's lasting. It is durable. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But what God uses is never going to pass away. Amen. So put your stakes in the things of God. Don't lay up treasures here on earth. Amen. We're going to a better place. And knowing that we have a better substance, we should not allow anything to deter us, to stop us from receiving it. Amen. I'm not going to put my stakes in something that is not of value. I'm going to put my stakes in something that is valuable. I'm going to a better place where the Lamb is the light. Amen. So the writer tells us now, notice how to encourage in words come from the writer. He says, knowing in yourself, say, we've got to get to this point as believers in Christ, in ourselves, that God's word is true. That God's word is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask to think of him. Amen. We've got to start believing this thing. Remember, Sunday, they couldn't enter because of unbelief. And the writer says, let this be a warning to you that you don't have the same thing in your mind of unbelief, that you miss the things of God. God had given them promise that I'm going to take you to a better place. And he's given you and I the same promise. And so, therefore, we've got to embrace this thing. We've got to be fully persuaded. The Bible says in Hebrews 6, when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, said, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he received the promise. See, you've got to embrace this thing. It's real. Amen. I think some people, sometimes they think, I don't know if it's real or not. It's real. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you should know it's real. (laughs) If you felt his presence ever, you should know it is real. If nothing else, just look outside. (laughs) That should be enough persuasion right there to let you know it's real. It's raining, you should know it's real. Amen. Pretty soon it's going to be snowing. You're going to really know it's real. Because <laughs> when the cold started hitting you, you're going to know it's real. <laughs> Amen. But we have this substance. So the writer says, since we have this enduring substance in heaven, notice verse 35. Amen. Hebrews 10:35. Since we have this, he says, now you've got a better promise. You've got a better substance, he says, so don't cast away your confidence. Right. See? 
He says, don't lose hope. Don't cast away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. See? Now go to Hebrews in your Bible, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Let me get my Bible and get there with you. I'll be there in a few seconds. Beat me there. That's the faith chapter, isn't it? Amen. There you go. Amen. Start in verse 24. 23, excuse me. 24. 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproaches of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. See, Moses knew that there was something so much better. He knew that God had a better substance than what he could have right here, right now. He could have had Egypt. He could have had all the treasures in Egypt. But he says, no, God has got something better. So I'm going to hang out with the people of God. See, I could have a whole lot of things here on earth, but I've come to realize that the things of God has laid up for me it's so much better. So I'm not going to put my stakes here. I'm not going to put my tent down here. Amen. I'm going to just keep moving on. I'm going to be like Abraham. I'm going to keep looking for that city who has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. So I'm not going to cast away my confidence. See, I've got to do those things that build up my faith of, of, of my most holy faith. So I can keep moving on. Say, I can't let things deter me. I can't let things stop me from reaching my goal. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the days of adversity, your strength is small. See, so I can't quit. I've got to build up myself. Peter tells you in 2 Peter 1 and verse 5 through 11, he says, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, to patience, godliness, the godliness, brotherly kindness, the brotherly kindness, charity. He says, if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brother, give it all diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you'll never fall. In other words, you're never going to miss out. Now, verse 11 says you're going to have an entrance shall minister you unto the abundance and to the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you want that enduring and better substance, you've got to keep going. You've got to grow. As Peter says in 2 Peter 3.18, he says, But grow in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See, you want to be 
overflowing with the things of God here on earth. So you're just going to walk right on into heaven. Remember, we're in a straight path now. We're in a better way. See? So I got to stay in the way. I don't want to get out of the way. Israel kept getting out of the way. See? They kept following their surroundings. They lost their focus on where they were going. What does Paul say in Colossians? Go to Colossians chapter 3. If you didn't been risen with Christ, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Everybody there? You geniuses, are you Bible scholars? If you didn't been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God, which is power. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead. Remember, we repented of our sins, so that means we're dead. Dead people don't do wrong things. (laughs) Right? You're dead. And your life is hid in Christ, in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. There you go. See? You're going to be with him in glory. See? So this is what you want to set your affections. Where you headed. Love where you're going. Amen. Oh, I can't wait to get there. I want to dance on the streets of glow. Amen. As, as one songwriter said, I want to know what it's like to put my feet by the rivers of light. I want to know how it feels to have a talk with the saints of old. Amen. I want to hear how we got to overcome. We've got promises. That's why Hebrews 12 says, since we have so great a crowd of witnesses, Let's lay aside every weight and the sins which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finish of our faith who for the joy endured the cross despised in the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him which endures such contradiction of sinners lest you be weary and faint in your own mind. You're not going to faint. If you keep adding, if you keep your focus, you've got a better substance. I'm going to get to the better substance we're going to talk about, but you've got a better substance up there that's waiting on you. You've got a cloud of witnesses. Come on. You know, he, he, the writer is trying to say, you, you're in a race. You've got a uh, Cloud are spectators all over the arena, and you're in the race. Think about this, Sister Sue. Now, you're on the line. You're getting ready to run, and the stands has got all kinds of fans. Yay, Sister Sue! Yay, Sister Sue! Come on, Sister Sue! You can do it. You can win. You're going to be great. Come on. That's what is happening up there. They're saying, come on, guys, come on, you can do this, you can do it, we made it, come on. 
And so he's saying, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, come on, let's lay aside those things that's trying to stop us from running and winning the race. Amen. Because it's not to the swift. It's to him that endureth. See, that's what God is looking for. He wants to be able to say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter the joy that has been prepared for you from the foundations of the earth. Amen. He's going to prepare that place for us. So we have this enduring substance. So the writer says, don't throw away your confidence. Believe. Hold on. Because we don't know when he's coming back to get us. Amen. We want to be ready. So I know I have something better waiting for me. And nothing here can compare to what is there. Everything I see around me is temporal. Everything I see around me is going to fade away. Amen. Everything around me, the Bible says, already been. See? And so, therefore, I have to be ready. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 1 and 10, Is there anything where it may be saying, See, this is new? Ecclesiastes 1 and 10. He says, <laughs> Look around. Is this new? You might think you got a new car. It ain't new. It's already been. They just took it back to the fact and grind it up again and printed out another thing. You know? Oh, man, we got a new road on Losey Boulevard. No, you didn't. <laughs> All they did was dug that one up and took it down the street and grind it up and brought it right back and put it down again. It less looks new. <laughs> Think about it. It feels new, but it's old. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> See? So, so there's nothing new under the sun. It's already been. See, so therefore we have to realize how temporal things are. And we have to set our affections and our focus on where we're headed to that better place, that better something, substance. Amen. So we go on. Paul told the church at Philippi, and when we start to realize that if we're given things for the kingdom of God, then we're laying up treasures in heaven. Paul told the church at Philippi in Philippians 4, starting at verse 15, he says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed into Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only... For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received epiphodorias, the things which were sent from you, an order of sweet smell, a sacrifice accepted, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, so what you give here to advance the kingdom of God, all you're doing is laying up treasures in heaven. Amen. If you lose everything here for the for the kingdom of God, you've got a more endured substance waiting on you. 
See? And so we have to realize these things. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I get more out of this thing than the start. Look at Job, Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Job chapter 1. If I get to going too fast, you guys slow me down because sometimes I get carried away. <laughs> Job chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yokes of oxes and 500 she-asses and a very great household. So that this man was great of all the men in the east. Think about all the stuff he had here. And we know as we keep reading what happened. And what seemed like a span of one day, he lost Everything, all his earthly possessions and substance were gone. But did Job lose focus? No. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, you can't put your focus on the things here. Say, because if you do, that's where you will want to stay. Say, when you look at the children of Israel, God was leading them to the promised land, and they came to the door of the promised land at the Jordan River, and the tribe of Gad, this tribe of Reuben, and half of the tribe of Manasseh, they said to Moses, we want to stay on this side. And they never crossed over. Think about it. They never crossed over. Even the soldiers that came across to go help them fight in the promised land, having an opportunity now to see all the promise as was not seen before, yet they still went back across on the other side. They wanted to stay because they set their focus on things that was here. Kind of like Lot. The Bible says Lot lifted up his eyes and he looked at what? All the plains of Jordan. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. See? And pretty soon he was in Sodom. If you put your focus on temporal things, pretty soon it will attach itself to you. And you won't want to leave it. See? We don't know tomorrow what tomorrow holds. Say, everything that we get or obtain, we should focus it for the kingdom. Say, that way if I lose it, then I'm gaining. Say, I want to use my home. I want to use my car. I want to use the things that God has given me for the kingdom. Say, because I don't know when it's going to be taken. I don't know when it's going to be gone. Say, for the kingdom, I got to become kingdom minded. Say, I'm, I'm going to a better place. And so Job had already purpose in his heart, it seems here, that he wasn't too concerned about losing 
his possessions. He wasn't concerned, it seems, about losing his possessions. Amen. Because he says, the Lord gives and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we know in the end, God gave him twice more than what he had before. And so we can look at these stories and what are they there for? Therefore. <laughs> They're there for you and I. Paul says in Romans 15, 4, that the things which were written afore was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. Say, think about it. These stories you read in the Bible today, brothers and sisters, God knew. It's like, he says, hey, I'm going to give them an owner's manual. I'm going to show them what I have for them. I'm going to let them peep into the kingdom. Amen. And so that they can begin to see what I have prepared for them. See, and so therefore, you should have hope just bubbling all out of you. Amen. Because you're getting a glimpse. That's why they wrote these things, so that you and I would have hope. So that we will know what God has did. That's why when they crossed the Jordan River, God said to Joshua, he says, get 12 stones and put them up in a memorial so that in times to come, when the children of Israel ask, what meaneth these stones, you can tell them what God has done. Amen. You should be able to have something inside of your house to where you can say, when people say, oh, what is this for? You can tell them what God has done. You know, I, behind my desk, I have my baptismal certificate. So when people walk in and they stand in front of my desk, they say, what does that mean? Open the door wide open, you know, so I can tell them what God has done. You know, I got things from different countries. So when people says, what is that? I can say, God took me to this place and this is what transpired here. You know, and my wife has on her little wall as she comes in her office and you got a little plaque there of the church that I got saved in and we had in Germany. So when people say, what is that? Oh, I can say that's one of Hitler's officers club that I, we had turned into a church and I got the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus name in there. And that's why I got my calling into the ministry. See? These things are for our example so that we have hope. See, so Job and, and Joshua and all the writings are, are for us. Amen. Look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. The Lord is my portion. Did I miss the scripture? Okay, go to 24. Maybe that's where it is. Is that it? La da da da. Lamentations 3.24. There you go. I wrote it wrong on my paper. So that's my mistake. Okay. I am human. <laughs> I know you guys think I'm not, but I really am. <laughs> Amen. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 24. I, you know, I, you should just sometime in your spare time, just read the book of Lamentations. Especially that third chapter, man. I mean, Jeremiah really puts the steel on the target here. He said, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I have hope. 
God is my inheritance. God, that word portion means inheritance and, and my possession. So God is my inheritance. He's my portion and my possession here. And so therefore, we should have hope in the things of God. My hope is in him. That's why you constantly, David constantly is saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life and whom shall I be afraid? You know, there's just so much substance there in him. Oh, better hope, better revelation, better better way. You know, you just stop and think better priesthood, all this better stuff we've been talking about. It's in Him. He's the Almighty. He's the bread of life. He's the comforter. He's the door, the deliverer, the everlasting life, the chief shepherd, the lamb of light. All the things that you could ever desire and want is in Him. That's what Paul says, in Him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything we have need of. He's my portion. See, that's why when Abraham, when God told him to leave home, he says, I will give you a better inheritance. Then what you got right here, Abraham, you think what you got right here, you haven't scratched the surface. You might think what you got right here, you got a lot, you haven't scratched the surface. The earth is the Lord's <laughs> and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Amen. It's all his. See? And the thing about it, as this child, is yours. See, that's the uniqueness I like about the story in Luke 15 of the prodigal son. When you look at the last two scriptures, the oldest son in, in verse 30 and 31 of, of Luke chapter 15, the father said to the oldest son, he says, son, everything I have is yours. Think about it. He says, everything I have is yours. And I believe what the Father was saying is because you never left, it's still it's all yours. Your brother was lost, but he's found. He was dead. He's alive again now. See? He says, so now it's meat that we should make merry, you know, for your brother. He said, but everything I have is yours. See, those things are written for our learning. Everything the Father has is ours. We have to stay here. We have to stay in the way. We have to stay close to him. We have to be obedient to him because everything he has is ours. We're going to get it. Amen. He's taking us to it. He had promised the children of Israel, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. And that's why Moses says to the children of Israel, he says, when you come into the land and you've got vineyards you didn't plant and olive trees you didn't plant and you got wells dug that you did not dig and you got houses built that you did not build and cities that you did not dig. He says, be careful, don't you? Don't forget God. See? He took them to a better substance. Those things are for our learning. It shows you through the Egyptians how God brings us out and take us to better things. See? 
He's leading us and carrying us into the better place. And when he gets there, he's going to say, give him his portion. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Your mansion. Amen. Look at Second Kings chapter 8. Second Kings chapter 8. Starting with verse 1. Then spake Elijah unto the woman, whose son he has restored to life, says, Arise and go thou and thine household, and sojourn whithersoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seventh year's end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, said, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elijah have done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elijah restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field which since the day that she left the land even unto now. See, this story, when you go back, amen, to the fourth chapter, you will notice that it was so often that as Elijah passed by, the woman said to her husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. And so what did they do? She took part of her substance and she built a little chamber on the side of her house. She put a table, a chair, and a lamp there and a bed so that whenever he passed by, he would have a place. Well, in the process of time, she didn't have any kids. And so as a result, Elijah said to her, she's going to have a child. Well, she has a child, the child dies, but he comes back and he lays on the child, and the child comes back to life. So this is the story that Gehazi is relating to the king. But there's a famine in the land, and she has to leave her land, she has to leave her house, she has to leave all her goods, her substance here. And somebody else has it. See? So when the famine is all done and she comes back, you know, the king says, hey, give her her stuff back. Another story to let you know, as long as you're doing what God has asked you to do, you lose stuff here, he's going to restore it. Amen. You're going to get more. Amen. You don't have to worry. Amen. You're not going to lose what you have. Amen. He's our portion, saith my soul. Amen. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to worry. Amen. 
Though this be taken, he's got something better. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Ezekiel 44, 27. Ezekiel 24, 47. Ezekiel 44, 27. And in the day that he goeth into the sanctuary and to the inner court to minister in the sanctuary, he shall offer his sin offering, saith the Lord God, and it shall be unto them for an inheritance, for I am their inheritance, and you shall give them no portion in Israel. I am their possessions. Amen. So aren't you glad that God is your inheritance and he's your possession? Amen. So all you need is Jesus and you find him this very hour. That's what the songwriter says, right? All you need is Jesus. He is our possession. He is our inheritance. Amen. And that's what I want because he is the king and he is the high priest. He's the better substance for us. So the whole premise of this whole thing is that whatever God has is so much better. So if you lose anything here for the kingdom of God, you're going to have something better there. So get it in your mind. Amen. You don't lose anything here for the kingdom of God. Whatever you're giving, you're giving it unto the kingdom of God. That's why when you give your offerings, that's why when you give your tithes, whatever you're giving, your pledges or whatever, you should always purpose in your mind, it's for the kingdom. It's not for pastor. It's not for somebody else. It's for the kingdom of God. I want to advance the kingdom. You're not losing anything here. You're not going to go without anything here. David says, I've been young and now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Amen. You have a more endure and, and precious substance that is waiting for you. Peter goes on and tell us in First Peter chapter 1 verse 3 through 5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercies have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Amen. To an inheritance that's incorruptible. No moth, no rust, no thieves can break in. There's a highway there, and the unrighteous can't get in it, so you don't have to worry about it corrupting. Amen. You've got to be right to get in there. Amen. And if the right goes in, you don't have to worry about it being stolen, because right people don't steal. <laughs> Woo! We got a better and endured substance. Jesus is our portion. He's our inheritance. Amen. So long as we have Him, we don't have to worry about anything. He's the bread of life. I don't have to worry about not having light. He's the light. I don't have to worry about not having love. He's love. I don't have to worry about not having joy. He's joy. Everything I have need of is in Him. He's that enduring substance. Amen. For yet a little while, and he that will come, 
will come and will not tarry. Now the just have got to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them that draw back to perdition. We are them that believe to the saving of the soul. See? So no matter what you get rid of here for the kingdom, just think about it. I'm laying up timber in heaven. Whoa. I'm going to a better place. There'll be no more night. I'm going to the city where Jesus is the light. The trumpet is going to sound and I'll be called away. I'm going to a city someday. Mark chapter 10, verse 28 through 31. Amen. Mark chapter 10, verse 28 through 31. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. See, they got into a conversation about, you know, who could be saved. Jesus says it's hard for a rich man to go into the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. So Peter says, my goodness, we've left everything. See, some people can start thinking like, man, I, I've left everything for the, for the Lord to follow you. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house, or brethren, or sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospel. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Wow! A hundredfold now! Think about it. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world <laughs> and in the world to come <laughs> eternal life. Amen. Think about it. But many that are first shall be last in the last first. Amen. But notice what God says. You know, you'll receive a hundredfold in this life. See? In this life. Now notice, as I hear somebody holler, whoa! <laughs> what do you holler over persecutions for? You should have holler, rejoice! That's right. He didn't leave it out. Because he wanted you to know. See? Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all matters of evil falsely against you for my name's sake. He says, rejoice and be exceeding glad for so they did the prophets before you. See? It's going to come, but there's no temptation taking you, but such is common. But God is making a way of escape. That's why Peter says in 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trials, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. He says, but rejoice, and that you're becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit and glory of God rest upon you. Amen. On their part, he's evil spoken of, and your part, he's glorified. See? So don't worry about the persecutions. 
You can do it. You can handle it. But notice, you're going to get more children, more brothers, more sisters. Think about how big this family really is. See? That's what God is saying. Think about how big this family right now really is. This is one little small church of the big church. Think about all the other churches, you know, that people are in the family of God. You got brothers and sisters everywhere. Elderly moms and dads, you've got other children everywhere. Think about it. A hundredfold. And now, but I like the part where it says, and that to come, eternal life. That's how Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, I mean 4, in verse 17 and 18, he says, Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He said, The light afflictions, which are only working in you for a moment, but they are working a more eternal and exceeding weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. And the things we don't see right now, amen, we got so much more. Amen. I don't care if I don't have a Porsche. I don't care if I don't have a mansion here. I know I got one that's waiting for me there. Amen. And I'm going to be with him. And I'm going to reign with him. And I'm going to see him. As the writer said, oh, I want to see him. I want to look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all pass, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. So we have a substance that is enduring, it's it's durable, it won't fade away, amen. Whatever we put there is going to be there forever. So let's lay up our treasures in heaven, amen, because we have a more and endure substance. Because riches here, the Bible tells us, amen, and Proverbs 23, 5, will take wings and they'll fly away. Amen. So don't put your trust in money because it's going to fly away. Amen. If that's where your focus is, amen, it's going to take some wings. You know, you ever seen that commercial where the dollars is flying away? That's exactly what's going to happen. If you put your focus in it, God said, no, you got your focus in the wrong place. Let me get it out of here. <laughs> so it's, you're going to be wondering where it's at. It's going to be gone. The things that we have in Psalms 49, 17, it goes on to tell us that, is laid up for someone else. See? And that's why when you read Proverbs, Solomon says, it's, you know, he says, I gave my life to everything. He says, I got this. I got houses. I got trees. I got vineyards. He says, I got all this stuff, Solomon says, in the book of Lamentations. I mean, it's Ecclesiastes, excuse me. And what does he say? It was all vanity and vexation of spirit. You know? He says, all it was was vanity. So you can hoard a whole bunch of stuff here. All it is is vanity. See? And so at the end, what does Solomon say? Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He says, fear God and keep his commandments, for that's the whole duty of God. Amen. Because that's where we're going. Amen. That's all that's going to last. 
It's what we do for him. And so we're going to a better place. We're going to have a better substance. The stuff here, that's why somebody says, I've never seen a hearse back up to a graveyard and take anything out with it. Amen. Paul says, naked I came into the world. Naked I'm going out as a jaybird. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving the same way I came in. Amen. So when I die, if I die before you, just say, yep, that's shell. The nut's already gone. Amen. The nut's out of here. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So we have a better substance. And so we're going to be talking about that substance. Amen. Don't forget next Tuesday night, uh, we have a guest speaker with us. I meant Wednesday. Wow. What did I say Tuesday? Amen. Next Wednesday, Brother Mike Mahoney will be here. He'll be teaching about this better substance. Amen. So remember that as well. Don't forget Saturday morning, men's prayer, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock outreach. Amen. Come and let's plaster the neighborhood with prayer and cards for church on the grounds. Also Sunday morning service. Amen. Time is be here for we know it. Amen. Praise God. All right. Any questions? Okay.